1: Love Talk Radio.
2: think I've ever heard you say my name, and I need to hear your voice.
3: Never.
4: Okay everybody, welcome to Prayer International Radio Today's Tuesday, what is it, May 15th I'm your host for tonight, Sean Holmberg. For the next two hours, um, taking your prayers Interceding Um, with you on behalf of the nations of the world in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ our call-in number we'll get to that in a second so let's start off and pray for just a minute you know it says in um, the book of Jeremiah let me turn there for a second Jeremiah said O Lord God behold you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm there is nothing too hard for you you show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them the great the mighty God whose name is the Lord of Hosts you are great in counsel and mighty in work for your eyes Are open to all the ways of the Son of Man To give everyone According to his ways And according to the fruit of his doings It says later on Behold I am the Lord The God of all flesh Is there anything Too hard for me And then again it says, Behold, I will gather them out of the countries where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath. And I will bring them back to this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from doing them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts So they will not depart from me Yes, I will rejoice over them To do them good And I will assuredly plant them in this land With all my heart And with all my soul For thus says the Lord Just as I have brought all this great calamity Upon this people So I will bring on them all the good That I have promised them Father God Lord, you are great and mighty, Father awesome in power. Lord, undiscernible in all your ways. For who is man that you are mindful of him? Yet through your Holy Spirit you reveal to us the thoughts and intents of your heart. You reveal to us your desires for our lives and for the nations around us. Father, we know through your word that you desire that all men be saved, Lord, that you don't desire that any should perish. Father, so we come boldly but humbly to your throne of grace, God, asking for you to speak to the nations tonight, Lord, that your voice would go out as it has. Father, To cause rejoicing over your people, Lord. Father, to cause a fire to burn in the hearts of those who call upon your name. Father, that your word would be proclaimed boldly in all the nations and in all the lands, Lord. That all men may know that you are God. That all men may hear of your Son, Jesus Christ. that his name be glorified and lifted up. In the hearts of every man Woman and child Father tonight We thank you for your blood Which you shed on the cross For our sins Lord That we could stand righteously Before you Lord Being clothed in white garments Being sanctified In your presence Lord Not through our own works Father But through grace Lord through what you have done for us Lord because your love for us was so great that you sent your own son the Lord Jesus Christ to die on behalf of us that we could have eternal life with you that we could have fellowship with you that we can know you Father that we can know your goodness and your grace and your mercy which you have abundantly poured out into our lives Lord Even though we don't deserve it, you still bless us. Even though we are stubborn children at times, you still uphold us with your righteous right hand. Even though at times we're faithless, God, you remain faithful to your own word, to your own promises, to the covenant which you swore to our fathers before us. Even your word that says that you will never leave us, and that you will never forsake us, that your presence will always be with us. So, Father, we rejoice, knowing that your presence is here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us with the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his shed blood and his resurrection. Father, that you would give us knowledge of your will for our lives and your will for this world. Holy Spirit, that you would develop in us your fruits. That we could become trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord, that he would be glorified in us and through us. Father, that you would raise us up as a holy generation in your name that you would unify the body in your name. Lord, that you would remove any cause for stumbling, any sin, any bondage, any weight, any snare. Father, anything that would dishonor you. Lord, that you would create in us pure hearts. Father, that you would create in us clean hearts. Father, we desire to dwell In the secret place of your presence We desire to enter into your rest tonight We desire to know you Jesus Holy Spirit Show us Jesus Give us wisdom and revelation And the knowledge of who you are Amen So it's been an interesting day or two. And so we're going to um, probably bounce around a lot tonight. I um, downloaded some new worship music and we may play that as well. And So hold on one second for me. So we've had some audio difficulties. Um, Sorry about that. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Okay everybody Well sorry about that You got to hit it when you're um, Preaching an amazing message And then all of a sudden you realize That you're we're on mute the whole time And so For all of you who are still listening I apologize for that But it seems like the last 30 minutes or so I was preaching and Without looking at the switchboard And didn't realize I was on mute So I guess that I was preaching um, I hopefully wasn't doing that well because you missed all of it, um, which, you know, it happens at times. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to go back and try to re-get to where I was at before um, we had the little audio difficulties, so I'll just wing it. Um, just so you know, our call-in number is 619 8458 If you do need prayer Give us a call So it's talking about Noah And The times um, Of the flood The Bible says that um, You know Let me just read it we, we don't really get into The Old Testament that much It says Now it came to pass When men began to multiply On the face of the earth And daughters were born to them That the sons of God Saw the daughters of men but they were beautiful, and took wives for themselves, of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renowned. Now this is the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on the, on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth, and most of us know the story that he um told Noah to build an ark um so that him and his um family could be saved and so there's a lot of things in this chapter and um before the flood, and you know there's many um civilizations um many cultures, um, not just Christianity, that in their writings, even some ancient writings, um, speak of a great deluge upon the earth. Um, though that be in the case, though there are signs of on the earth, visible signs of a flood. Um, science still doesn't believe it. Um, no, but it's not a surprise. Um, I've even heard that um, at one point, um, the United States had um, taken satellite pictures of um, Mount Arafat, which some um, is where um, the ark, um rested after the flood. And in these satellite images, it actually shows um, this really huge structure, which they don't believe is man-made, but they can't really tell for sure because they haven't actually... No one, as far as we know, has been up there to see it. And I think even if they got up there and realized, hey, this has to be the ark, they still wouldn't admit it. I read somewhere, someone made this comment today, that, you know, even if those who didn't believe in God stood inside of the ark, if, if it is the ark, um, they still wouldn't believe it. Because men who choose not to believe in the Lord aren't going to believe no matter what. Um, they ask for a sign quite often, but they ask the same thing of Jesus. They say to Jesus, show us the sign. And Jesus said, there's no sign will be given. Earth is a wicked perverse generation, seeks after a sign, but he said, no sign will be given except for this, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they didn't understand or comprehend that he meant that it would be his own body, his own temple, that would be destroyed upon the cross and then resurrected three days later. His disciples understood after he was risen and remembered what he said. And so I just want to go into just a little bit of this, not completely, but just some of it. It says that um, man begins to multiply on the earth and that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and took wives for themselves. And, you know, there's many theories out there about what this means. Many people go into the original Hebrew and Aramaic um, and try to discern what it means. Um, some people think there were um, angels that came down and had children, as it says in verse um 4. Um, which is where the um, theory of the Nephilim, if you heard of that, come from. But you know that that whole period um, of time, from the start of chapter six to the end of till till the flood, or around this time, nothing really says how long it lasted, um, except for the Bible says the flood lasted for forty days which happened um, a little bit afterwards, but this whole period of Chapter 6, in some ways, um, seems to be blotted out a little bit. Um, Erased from knowledge. And you know, I wanted to talk about that and knowledge for a second. If you study archaeology and history, um, you'll find that there have been a lot of discoveries um about different um structures and artifacts that don't seem to really have much of an explanation if you um look into the oceans now, even now um what scientists and archaeologists will tell you is that there's a multitude of cities um that are submerged and the water. Um, I know there's one such place um, near Cuba. Um, there's, some, I believe, over near the Mediterranean Sea. There's a lot more, um, massive complex and structures that are just under the water. Um, nobody knows when they were created. Nobody knows when anybody lived there because, for all of our recorded history, these places never existed until they just recently found them. There's no recorded history of anything happening after the flood that would explain how all these places that were built are now at the bottom of the ocean. We who know God, know the Bible, um, pretty much know it's because there was a flood um, that wiped out everything um, because the world had become exceedingly corrupt. Um, There's have even been some archaeological, ar- archaeological finds about artifacts that were made with um, metals like copper and bronze, things that according to science's timeline um, couldn't have been created because um, the knowledge to create them didn't exist because science still believes we came from monkeys and lived in caves and all of a sudden, poof, here we are. And But then their carbon testing dates artifacts way before that. And they don't have an explanation for it. And we can give them the explanation. It wouldn't matter. They still wouldn't believe. And so there's this whole period of history before the flood that we don't really know much about. Um, there's various different writings that go into some detail. But it's not really important. Um, and the reason why it's not important is because knowledge doesn't always bring godliness. Knowledge doesn't always bring wisdom. It doesn't always bring peace, and it doesn't always bring understanding. The only knowledge that does is the knowledge of the love of God. That's it, period, end of story. Um, Anything that doesn't bring you closer to the Father will separate you from him. You can, I I find it amazing, fascinating, and beyond comprehension, the very earth that we live in, the world that's around us, even um, the solar system. If you are a botanist, you study plants and trees and things like that, and with the millions of different, countless species of even plants, um, some that... Man still hasn't discovered Um, I've heard that there's Thousands of species of Plants in the Amazon Alone Let alone the Entire world And no one Could possibly memorize All of them And know every detail about all of them We have Astronomers who gaze into The heavens And with the greatest of our current technology Can look Light years away And behold constellations And planets and stars And galaxies And they envy. They pride themselves in their ability To find out things but Yet the question becomes When they look at those things What do they see? Do they see things Or do they see God? The Bible says that creation itself in the first chapter of Romans declares the handiwork of God. It declares who He is so that they are without excuse. You can look at a plant and a tree and you can see a plant and tree but do you see His hand upon it? When you look into the stars And the innumerable amount of stars in the sky. Do you just see a bunch of stars and wonder about those stars or do you see the God who created all of them? And so, knowledge can be good, but not always. Because does it point you to Him? And, you know, the thing about faith, is that faith resides in the believer Regardless of what circumstances Tell the believer And to Elaborate that on a minute We'll use healing as an example um, There are countless people out there Who will declare that That if they see some miracle They'll believe in who God is but Yet Even if they saw a miracle, they would easily dismiss it as being some fluke of science or medicine or whatever without giving praise and honor and glory to the person who must do, which is the Lord God. Some people seek after science. Some people seek after knowledge, as the Bible declares. But who seeks after God? You know, faith tells us, the scripture declares that by his stripes, the Lord Jesus were healed. We see in the life of Jesus that Jesus healed a multitude of people who were sick and afflicted. And it says that as many as they brought to Jesus, he healed. And we see in the lives of the disciples that they would pray and people would get healed. We, too, have seen people who have been sick, even on the show, who we've prayed for, and they've been healed. And faith tells us that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the condition, that God is able to do, as the scripture declares, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. It says that he's not a God, that he should lie. He said, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. That's an interesting verse. That's one of those verses that you should write on a little index card and put it on your refrigerator and on your bathroom mirror and in your car and write it inside your Bible. He said in Isaiah, My word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. And that implies to every word that God spoke even the words that God spoke over you in the Bible. Because you see, in all the knowledge that we can gain as humans, the only knowledge that really matters is the knowledge of who he is, the knowledge of him, period. Because what that knowledge will do is that when situations arise when Circumstances arise When the world declares What they believe to be true That place inside of you That's filled with his presence Will always declare to you the truth To give you an uh, example We can um, And I use healing a lot as an example Because it's a good one But David Hogan, um, a missionary who's in Mexico, I I talk about sometimes, Um, in his ministry he's had the honor and privilege of seeing God's hand move countlessly through the lives of um, these indigenous tribes who've never known any outsiders until Someone shows up to preach to them The Lord Jesus Christ And So he Him and his team pray for them And they've actually seen people Who've been raised from the dead Because they've prayed Believe God Believe what his word says Jesus said As you go preach proclaiming the kingdom of God Is at hand Heal the sick Cleanse the lepers, Cast out demons Raise the dead freely Receive freely give." And so he takes God at his word God said my word will not return to me void And so they pray for people And people get raised from the dead Now we want to, If we, we can go backwards And not even go that extreme So A long time ago I had a um, Daughter Who One of my daughters was sick And had a really high fever And she was really young, I believe less than two years old. And It's one of those situations, okay, circumstances tell you that you need to immediately pick them up, rush them to the doctors, and see what the doctors say. But then there's this thing, this faith, that rises up on the inside of you that says, wait, what does the Word of God say? Heal us, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so you have this moment of hearing what the world declares you should do and what the right thing is, and then understanding what the word of God says. And I laid my hands on her, and I prayed, and just declared his word to be true. And within a few moments, her fever left her. Not because I prayed the right words, because I probably didn't. Not because I had an amazing Christian life and I was super close to God. But because His Word is true. Because He is true. Because the Bible says He's a God who cannot lie. Because He is faithful. Always faithful To keep his promises to us And I've had Multiple times where I've gotten to See people get healed Not just By me praying but by others praying Amazing Amazing things That the Lord has done Not because of the circumstance But because Someone was willing to trust God and it's just not about healing It's about every aspect of your life He's a God who Faithfulness is part of Just the part of who he is And you know When the Bible declares Jesus said I will never leave you I will never forsake you I said in the beginning In um, In the book of Joshua He told Joshua He said I will never leave you I will never forsake you And there's this theme throughout the entirety of the Bible all the way through Adam and Eve when Adam and Eve sinned and they turned away from God and they tried to hide from him and God was still searching him out because he was never going to leave them. He was never going to forsake them. And even now, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what your life is like, regardless of anything else, his word remains true. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you no matter what it's not always just about you It's not always about Just about your desires It's not just always about your perception It's about His You may Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ To save you from your sins Without fully ever comprehending The details that go into What He did We know the Bible Declares that God became flesh and dwelt among us. God himself became flesh. Jesus, who was seated at the right hand of God before the creation of the very world itself, became flesh and dwelt among us. But we can't possibly comprehend what that really means and how he did that. But by faith, trusting him to be true, we don't necessarily need to. The Bible says that all the weight of sin, all the judgment of sin for the entire world was placed upon Jesus every sin that I've ever committed, every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that your friends and your family have ever committed were placed upon Him, that we may be presented to God as righteous. And we can't possibly comprehend or understand exactly what that means for God to place all the judgment of sin upon Him Where the Bible declares he became sin for us The very likeness of sin That he could crucify sin in the flesh We can't fully comprehend what that means And all the intricate details The physical and spiritual details That go along with that But by faith we don't necessarily have to understand it all The Bible says three days later The Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead Because the Bible says that death itself Could not hold him And through the Holy Spirit God raised him from the dead Breathed life back into the mortal frame And Though we know through the Bible And history that people have been raised from the dead And the Bible says to be absent From the body is to be present With the Lord We know that a man's spirit Will leave his body Once he's dead But then to put that spirit Back in the body And what that entails To bring a body back to life We can't Fully comprehend What that is And what it means And how it's done But we don't have to It says he Ascended into heaven and the disciples stood around and watched as he ascended and went back to the right hand of his father. And we don't know exactly which direction he went. Did he go through the clouds and plas a couple planets and his heaven over to the right or to the left? And But we don't need to. Because we know that he's true. We know that he's a God who does not lie. We know that he's a God who's faithful to his word. And when he said I will never leave you Nor forsake you He meant it with the same sincerity As of everything else he said When he said before I formed you In the book of Jeremiah He said before I formed you in the womb I knew you Before you were born I ordained you and we can't comprehend that, that moments before we were fashioned when our atoms and the molecules and the DNA started to form and to take shape when we yet had none, how God could look into us and already have a plan and a purpose for our lives. But it's true And he said I will never leave you And never forsake you Some people have sinned so much That they can't believe that God could ever 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 forgive them They Feel like they're beyond Possible help or hope Or anything else But God said I will remember their sins no more He said I will write my law upon their hearts The Bible says he wrote our names on the palm of his hands And while we yet cannot see that Someday we will But as of now we can't But we don't actually have to because there's this faith inside of us This presence of God That dwells within us That speaks to us That reveals to us who He is And reveals to us that He's true That regardless of what the world says about God what the, Regardless of what the world says about Jesus As much as they would like to declare that it's not real And that He's not real And that God's not real It doesn't matter They could come up with a thousand books explaining their opinions and cite countless amounts of data that some of it, honestly, is made up and some of it's sort of sketchy, but it wouldn't matter. Because Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. And regardless of what the world declares, regardless of what proclamations they make about the word of God, Doesn't really matter that much Because it doesn't change who he is The earth could pass away Fade into nothingness And someday it will And it won't really matter that much Because he remains the same Unchanging Always faithful And he's always faithful In our lives And he's always faithful to perform his word And to keep his word The Bible says the work that he has started he will complete until the day of Christ. It says he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. It says he has presented us as righteous to the Father, not based on our own works, not based on our own actions, but through grace, by faith, we are saved. It is a gift of God, not of works. Lest anyone should ever boast about it, For no man could have done it, but what man cannot do, he did by sending his own son to die in our place. And so regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what the world says or declares about your situation, all that matters is what he said about your situation. All that matters is what he said about your life. Jesus said, I know those who are mine And the enemy Cannot snatch them away We're going to Open up The prayer lines They've been open, but if you need prayer Our call in number is 619-638-8458 I'm going to play this song by Dennis Jernigan about the Love of God And if you need prayer Give us a call And we will be Right back
1: very gently cradled his son in his arms. The little boy loved the way his father held him, because he held him a lot. Sometimes the father would sing to him while he held him. In fact, more often than not, the father would sing the little boy right to sleep. But sometimes the boy would sing back to his father in his own simple way. And if you listened very closely, could hear them sing. You see, they loved one another very much, and they loved to sing their love to one another. The father, being a good father, loved his son more than any father had ever loved a child, more than the boy loved him. And the father's song was always sweet and tender, never forceful or harsh. I'll have no other For I would sing an answer. Here in your arms I'll always be at rest in with me in the cool of the evening and the boy would run gladly from wherever he was for he loved these walks because they were so peaceful so refreshing and because he knew that when they had walked far enough his daddy would hold his little boy to himself and carry him home singing all the while I'll have no still kept singing Here in your arms I'll always be At rest in the precious love You have for me The father loved to give good gifts to his son He wanted nothing but the best for him Not only did he provide for the boys every need, he also clothed him in the finest of clothes, a robe of white for every day, and a coat of many beautiful colors to fit over his robe for their evening walks together. You see, the father wanted everyone to know that this was his son, whom he loved very dearly. And every day was like this, joy and peace. For the father lived to lavish his love on his son, and the son was consumed in his love for his father. Till one day, the boy met a stranger, a very beautiful stranger, a man more handsome than any he had ever known, except for his father, of course. The stranger spoke in lovely tones, much like his father. Why, he even sounded much like his father with a sing-song lilt to his voice and all. And he told the boy of others who wanted to walk with him just like his daddy. All he would have to do was love these new friends and sing their songs. The boy thought for a moment. This sounded good to him because if one love was so good, then more loves could only be better. And after all, It was about time he started making some of his own decisions. So he decided that he would choose to walk with others. And he walked away. And as he did, he heard his father calling in the cool of the evening. Son, come walk with me. Son, I'm here. And he sang for his son. I'll have no other for I love you only I'll never forsake you or leave you
3: alone
1: and he waited but the boy hid for he had sung his love to another and even as he sang the sweet song of his new friend he realized he had been deceived. He realized he had given his heart to another, something he somehow knew his daddy would never do. How could he ever face his father again? He felt so dirty and unworthy of his father's love. And the song that had once brought so much joy to his heart now made him want to run away. And still, his daddy sang for him Come here, my precious. I know you are hurting, and though you have left me, I welcome you home. And the father picked up the little boy, and he calmed his fears and dried his eyes and washed him clean as he held him close to his heart, closer than he had ever held him before. And he sang to his son,
3: I'll have no other,
1: for I love you only. I'll never felt his father's love. It wasn't the same as before, and it would never be the same again. And even though the father loved him, the son somehow couldn't hear him as clearly as before. For you see, when he gave his love to another, his ears were closed to any but the one he gave his love to. So even though the father loved him more dearly than he did before, the son just couldn't quite hear it or believe it and still the father sang to him father called to his boy, but day after day the boy walked further and further away and even began giving his love to others again, because he still had an empty place in his heart where once he had loved his father, an empty place that longed to be filled. But since he found it harder and harder to hear his father's voice, he began listening to the voice of the stranger again, and would even sing his love back to any stranger who would listen to him. For you see, he was still a little boy in need. And little boys need their daddy. And if they don't come when their daddy calls, they become hopelessly lost. And he became hopelessly lost desperately lost, afraid and ashamed, hurt and dirty, sick and dying, alone in the dark. And every one of those other voices he gave his love to, every one of them one by one stopped singing back to him. In fact, their love songs had turned to screams of hate and lies and their tender hugs were no longer gentle like his daddy's had been. They hurt now. In fact, their arms felt more like ropes of iron and chains of steel than arms of love. And one day he realized that he was trapped with no way out. And he realized that there was only one who had ever really loved him. And that was his daddy. If only his daddy could hear him now. If only he were here. And he cried, Daddy, so dear, I'm all alone. I am afraid and I want to come home. And he waited. How could his father ever love him after what he had done? And then his ears heard an old familiar tune, and an old familiar voice, and his heart felt an old familiar warmth as his daddy picked him up and held the boy in his arms in an old familiar embrace, and his daddy sang, I love you. off the chains and ropes one by one, humming his love to the boy all the while. He unraveled all the fears the boy had ever known. He untied the knots of despair and hopelessness, every one of them. He even cut away the hurt and the pain the boy had inflicted on others along with every harsh word, vile thought, or bitter deed he had ever done. And he broke off the hardness of his heart that had been built up by the boy's own doubt and pride. And he dried away every tear and took away the boy's own deep pain and rejection as he washed away the dirt and filth his son had been clothed with for many years now. And then the father did an even stranger thing. He placed all of these things upon himself. Even the punishment the boy deserved is the consequence of his own failures. The boy was overcome with peace and joy, but this soon turned to grief when he realized what he had done to his daddy. For you see, the weight of all those things which had so burdened the boy had broken the heart of his father. For the father loved his son. Loved him so much that he was willing to die for his child. And while the weight of sin choked the life out of him, the father still managed to sing the song with his dying breath. I'll have no other for I love you the boy just sat there, empty and alone, stunned by such a precious love, and he waited, for he knew that all those other voices were gone now. All he could hear was his daddy's song, the memory of that final refrain playing over and over again and again in his ears, and after a while he slept, the sound of sleep he had known since the last time he had walked in the cool of the evening with his father, And as he slept, something wonderful began to take place. He began to hear the song his daddy used to sing to him. After a while, he even thought he could see his daddy's face. And he was almost sure he could feel his father gently place the special robe of white upon him. And over this, the coat of all those wonderful colors, which had been a sign of his daddy's deep love for him and then he felt a warmth so great it could only be the arms of his precious father holding him close and then the boy realized the truth his daddy was here and alive and this was no dream even though he was at complete rest his daddy loved him no matter what of this he was sure now more than ever The little boy held his daddy close, because he knew now there was nothing that could ever separate him from his father's love, ever again. So they held each other, and they sang this song. I'll have no.
4: Isaiah chapter 43 But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob And he who formed you, O Israel Fear not, for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name You are mine When you pass through the waters, I will be with you And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Over and over again throughout the Bible, he has declared, his love for us, for you, regardless of your life, anything you've done. It's almost one of those things that's, um, I guess the word is uncomprehendable um, to think that regardless of what's happened in your life, regardless of um, what you've done, When you've done it, that it makes little difference to him. Because he said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said their sins I will remember no more. And this salvation, being a free gift, is open to anybody. It says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just as he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. As we mentioned earlier, even Adam and Eve, when they attempted to hide themselves from the face of God out of their own shame and guilt for their sin, God did not hide his face from them. But he still called for them and still came looking for them. And regardless of of whether you know the Lord tonight, or regardless if you've known Him your entire life, His love is still the same for you, and nothing you do, you can do can change that, because salvation is not based on your acts. It's not based on your works, what you've done, what you could ever do to obtain. The favor of the Lord It's all based on what Jesus Has done for you The Bible says in Ephesians For by grace you are saved through faith It's a gift of God Not of works lest anyone should boast The Bible says To repent Turn from your wicked way To seek his face If you've never known the Lord tonight His love is abundant. If you've known the Lord and you've fallen away from Him, He hasn't changed. He hasn't moved. He hasn't turned at all. He's still right there waiting for you. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And if we can preach any message... It's the love of God It's the love of Christ Jesus You know, forgiveness is um, One of those interesting things That sometimes Takes more faith to believe in Than healings or miracles Because you have to Come to a place Of rest The Bible talks about entering into the rest of the Lord. You have to come to a place where you stop depending on yourself and stop thinking that you have it all figured out or that you can do it all on your own and come to a place of submission and understanding that His Word is true. And, you know, even for some Christians, it's hard to really understand and comprehend salvation. It's really hard to comprehend that no matter what, regardless of anything, he still loves you. He hasn't changed. You know, Paul said that once you, you've started this walk in grace, you can't end it in works. When You were justified when... The Bible says that Christ died for the ungodly When we were without sin, Christ died for us And it didn't change After you got saved After you trusted him He didn't turn around and say Well now, now you have to do it all on your own No He said I will not leave you as orphans But I will come to you And the Holy Spirit is here To give you that strength Paul said His grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect to end our weakness. And the same Father who saved us is here to meet any need that you possibly could have. Regardless of what you're struggling with, He stays the same. Regardless of what the mountain looks like, He is unchangeable, unmoving. His words said, I will not. My word will not return to me void, but it'll accomplish that for which I sent it. And regardless of what's going on in your life, He will. He will complete His word. He will finish His word in you. The Bible says that that which He started, He will complete until the day of Christ Jesus. When we are faithless, He remains faithful because He cannot deny Himself. Father, tonight. For all those who are listening, Lord God, you know exactly who they are You Bible says that You are intimately acquainted with all of our ways Father, knowledge that we can't possibly comprehend You know all altogether Father, and your word declares You look inside of our hearts And you see what's inside of us Father for all those who are listening Lord We ask That you would reveal yourself to them Lord if they have never known you Your word declares It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance So Father I ask that you would show yourself to them Reveal to them The magnitude of your love Your grace and your kindness toward them, Father. Father, that you would open their hearts. Father, open up their eyes. Open up their ears, Jesus. So they can know you. Father, for those who have already called upon your name, Lord. Regardless of how close they are to you, Father. How closely they listen to you or even follow you regardless of how much their life is sanctified for you. Jesus, I ask that you would bring them even closer into your presence. As David said, one thing I have desired, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we desire your presence. Father, we desire to know you. As the men who walked up to the disciples said, Sirs, we wish to see Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us. Lord in our lives and the world around us Reveal to us how your hand is still moving For far too often we get distracted by the world And we take our eyes off of you And we don't see your hands in everything So Holy Spirit reveal to us Your kingdom Your power Your authority in this world Change our perspective on the world around us. Give us new eyes, Father. Give us new vision tonight. As your word declares that you would take out the stony heart that's in us and give us a heart of flesh. Father, And I pray that you would expand the heart inside of us. Expand the borders of our hearts. Because your word said that eye is not seen. Nor ear heard Nor is even entered into the heart of man The things that you have prepared For those that love you And it also says That you will do exceedingly Abundantly above all That we can ask or think According to the power that works in us It's the Holy Spirit Jesus said that he would send you The comforter to us That you would reveal to us Jesus Lord and that's the knowledge we seek tonight Is to know him And the power of his resurrection The fellowship of his sufferings Father we want to know you Jesus And everything we count loss That we may gain the knowledge of who you are For you are the Lamb of God Who was slain before the foundation of the world Jesus you who are clothed with majesty and honor seated at the right hand of your father where your name has been exalted above every name father and tonight we bow our hearts we bow our lives lord we surrender everything to you that you would be magnified in our lives that you would be glorified jesus that we could bring you praise and honor into this earth. Father, that you would unify us together as one body and cause us to be one with you as your word declares. Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to us the heart of the Father. You would reveal to us the deep things of his heart. So this has been Prayer International Radio If you need prayer You can always email us At PrayerInternational At com, And We will be back Tomorrow night At The Um Normal time And so For Chris Um in myself Um, we'll be praying for you and we will see you tomorrow